0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional.
1: For opportunities to find us, and that tends to happen in well-nurtured networks.
0: Today on episode 110 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the founder of Career Club, Bob Goodwin. Bob faced the unwanted circumstance of having to find a new job, As a sales and marketing professional, he saw an opportunity to fix the job search process and create his own business simultaneously. If you've experienced personal frustration that sparked a business idea for you, you wanna hear how Bob has been building his business, Career Club. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Bob Goodwin. Bob is the founder of Career Club. Bob, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, David, thank you.
0: Bob, you faced the unwanted circumstance of needing to find a new job, and I know that you learned something in the process. Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so when when I Originally, I had to find a job. I'm actually going back now about 15 years ago. I found that the the process was pretty broken and pretty random. The good part for me was that I have a very deep sales and marketing background, and finding a new job is basically a big sales and marketing exercise. Uh, What's my brand? What problems do I solve? How do I communicate that effectively? Who's the target audience? How do I find them? Those are all marketing questions but functionally i'm a salesperson and so i get the idea of building a pipeline of opportunities knowing that a lot of them are going to fall out for whatever reason uh, because that's the nature of sales but the good news is in a job search is you have a quota of one you only need one new client you don't need to build out a book of business And so what I found was I was able to take a lot of the sales and marketing skills that I had accumulated, apply those to a job search, and, and was able to find a job. Fast forward 15 years, it was time for me to leave my corporate job in December of 2020. And I was challenged by a friend that said, basically, you know so much about how to help people in job search. Why don't you make that your job? And with the pandemic and, you know, unprecedented numbers of people being in job transition, it really seemed like that was the right time. And so then the challenge became, how do I take everything that had kind of just been pieces of a puzzle on the table and actually paint the box and show people exactly what it should look like and develop tools to help them? So that's what I've been doing this year.
0: And how's it going putting the puzzle back together?
1: Yeah, so uh no well Humpty Dumpty's putting the egg back together, but no painting the puzzle has been a ton of fun. And and I think we'll probably get into this in a little bit more detail in a couple of minutes. But, you know, I, what I thought the puzzle was originally going to look like and what the puzzle is turning out to look like are a bit different, which is cool. But essentially what what I did first was developed a curriculum for people in job search. Like I said, the, the process is extremely messy. People apply for jobs online, like when on Indeed.com and LinkedIn, and they'll tell me, Bob, I've done this. A hundred times, two hundred times, and nobody gets back to me. Or, the three people who did get back to me said no, thank you. And and so it's very challenging. There's not a straight route to getting a job. And then that's one. So just a curriculum of of you know what you should be doing, and kind of the steps of the process. The second piece, and this is really kind of the part that's been very energizing for me, and uh, what what I've spent uh, the better part of this year doing, is there's no technology to help people in job search. People run their job search literally off of sticky notes, a notebook, or if you're pretty technical, you've got a spreadsheet, you're using Excel or a Google sheet, and you're just got rows of who have I talked to and columns of when did I talk to them? What did we talk about? What am I supposed to do next? And basically what they're doing is they're building a CRM tool like Salesforce, except they're building it for themselves. I'm like, well, that's already built, that's called CRM. So basically, reorganized an existing CRM platform to mirror the job search process. That was sort of part A. And then part B is people don't know all the cool companies that are out there. The 2020 had more venture capital money flowing into startups than any other year. That's in the pandemic year. More money is chasing startup companies than ever before, but they're companies you never heard of. And so you can't shoot at targets you can't see. So uh, there's a great database called Crunchbase, who I've got a relationship with, and basically what I did was I integrated Crunchbase into a CRM tool to allow people now kind of to solve two problems in one. One is who's out there that's cool, I call that company discovery, and then secondly is manage the process which is the CRM piece, which is who did I talk to? When did I talk to them? What am I supposed to do next? What do they say they're going to do for me by when? And, and basically de-stress people from all the things that are keeping them up at night on, I don't know where I'm at in my job search process. I need help. And that's what this thing that I've called career club is designed to solve for.
0: Right. So for someone who is, we could actually talk about this from two perspectives. We could talk about it from the perspective of the person who is seeking employment, and we could also talk about it from the perspective of the employer yep. seeking seeking to, to fill a position. Yep. How does this process work for the employee seeking a position?
1: Yeah, and, and to, to be clear, that that's sort of my initial approach into this is I'm, I'm very candid empathetic. You know, the employer has lots of tools, right? They've got, you know, recruiters internally. They've got recruiters externally. They have these application tracking systems. They've got Indeed, LinkedIn. They've got all kinds of technology and people that they can throw at their talent problem to find great people. It's really the purpose uh, of why I started Career Club is the candidate is unarmed in in this compared to the employer.
0: Right. The candidate also has fewer resources, to be fair.
1: Yeah, well, no, it's, that's my point, is they've got fewer resources.
0: Besides fewer tools, they also have fewer financial resources, typically, than the employer.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the purpose is to provide cost-effective resources to the candidate, that you're you're, you're hitting on it exactly. And you know, I think part of the thing that, that candidates don't understand sometimes, though, is say that you're making, well, say $60,000 a year. Every month that you're out of work is literally costing you $5,000, right? And and people don't really think of it that way. And so what I wanted to do was take a lot of the the great content that's available for free or with career coaches or whatever on job search, kind of tactics, strategies, things like that, but then also take this bit of technology that heretofore has not existed. And and it's probably overusing the word, but democratize. This so that it's much more accessible. You know, a career coach, a one-on-one career coach, is going to cost you anywhere between two thousand and well, you can however much money you have to spend is how much you could spend on stuff like that. But it's not inexpensive, and and I know that it's a big source of stress for people. So you know, part of the idea with Career Club is to make the uh, the, the investment. That the candidate has to make as low as possible to make it as accessible as possible. The way I say it is, I'd rather sell a thousand for a hundred dollars than a hundred for a thousand dollars, even if the value proposition was worth a thousand dollars. Because the, the purpose for me, Dave, if I'm just being super transparent, is you know, work is good and people need to work. You know, there's emotional benefits, there's identity benefits, there's community benefits, and then there's the obvious financial benefits benefit. And and because people don't know what to do to go get a job, it takes way longer than it should. And, and my goal is just to help people get a better job faster by giving them some things you should do and then an activation or an enablement tool to go do that. And, and to your point, level the playing field a little bit between the employer and the employee. Right.
0: And then from the employer side, what are some of the steps that the employer would go through to, to use a tool?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the tool is actually not, quote, designed for the employer. It is. It's very uh, candidate centric in that sense, at least uh, in version one of this. What I'm doing kind of relatedly, though, is building out a network of talent acquisition professionals and other HR professionals and executives to give my clients kind of a a side door, a back door entry into companies of interest. My background is in data and analytics. And so that's sort of the natural starting point. And it's actually, you know, of course where my network is mostly concentrated. And so, and my clients are tending to come from a data and analytics background. And so what I'm doing is kind of leveraging my network to be able to say to, you know, Linda, the VP of Town acquisition at XYZ company, you should talk with David. David's an amazing analyst. David's an amazing team leader. And I, I want to just sort of broker that. What I don't want to be, and I'm not trying to be, is an executive recruiter. You know, if my brand promises to get a better job faster. And whether it's through curriculum, technology, or networking, I kind of don't care how it works. I care that it works and that the, the networking is part of it. What I'm finding from the employer's side of this is they love it. Right. Because it's kind of like a little bit of a good housekeeping seal of approval that, hey, Bob said this person's really terrific. They're worth talking to. And that's a very different place to find yourself than I applied online and nobody's getting back to me because the applicant tracking system kicked you out for whatever reason. But if somebody makes a personal call on your behalf, people will take that call and have a positive bias to wanting to find a fit. Because you come recommended. And there's no financial benefit to why somebody's being recommended. They're just being recommended because they're really good. And, and like I said, from the employer's perspective, they like that quite a bit.
0: Bob, where are you in the development process of this resource?
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you're familiar with the concept of a, an MVP, a minimum viable product, that's essentially what I did this spring from March uh, through May, I had 50 paying users using the tool and the curriculum and basically for feedback. And, you know, what I learned was, and, and this is you know probably something you want to touch on anyway, is what I learned is what I wasn't expecting to learn which I, to, to me is the best learning. Like I wasn't expecting it, so so it's something new. And, and what it is, is that as a salesperson, I'm very comfortable with CRM kinds of technologies. Most salespeople, you know, their company makes them use Salesforce or whatever to track their activities and their pipeline. That's what they do their revenue forecasting off of. If you don't come from a sales background, CRM is a different technology that you may not have used before. And so the analogy I use, it's a little bit like selling gym memberships. The benefits are obvious. The, I can even get people to pay me for it. It's the activation piece. And so uh, what, what I've learned is that I need to do a little bit more hand-holding and kind of build out a playbook for people that what I call micro successes mm-hmm. to just get them started. So to, to me, the analogy, if I stay with my gym membership for a minute, is there's this whole room of 70 pieces of wonderful exercise equipment, but it's overwhelming to somebody. And, and sometimes people come into that environment with shame or at best confusion. And it's like, David, let's just get on the treadmill for seven minutes. That's all we're going to do today. We're not going to understand everything else that's in this room that might help you on another day. We're just going to get started doing seven minutes on the treadmill. That gives you a little bit of traction, a little bit of success to come back tomorrow. And we can add a little bit, we can add a little bit, we can add a little bit. And in 30 days... You're way ahead of where you were 30 days before in a process. So uh, I'm going to be doing, I'm taking the month of June to basically kind of synthesize what I've learned during the beta period. And that's mostly around uh, building out customer success. I've actually hired somebody to be the director of customer success. Uh, who'll be starting in July, and her job is going to be building out that curriculum, which would include videos, knowledge base, managing office hours, things like that, so that when somebody joins Career Club, we're ready for them and we're prepared to help them be successful with it, rather than putting all my money and effort against marketing And getting a bunch of people come in who have an okay experience or even less than an okay experience, I'd rather kind of build the foundation first and then turn on the marketing so that I know when people come in, they're going to have a good experience. So hard launch in July uh, with an emphasis on customer success. And then, you know, I've set fairly modest goals uh, through the end of the year. And then it's really kind of turn on the jets in 2022.
0: And do you anticipate that this is going to be a membership that people will maintain or that they'll be in for, just for the period of a job search?
1: Yeah, that, that's a super fair question. And the way that I say it is, ideally, I don't want to be in the wedding dress business, right? Like, how often do you need a wedding dress? What I've also learned during the beta period, I had, uh, I told you, about 50 users. I don't want to overstate this, but I believe 13 of them have landed jobs since the beta period started. So that's great. Another 13 have re-upped for the, the next 90 days, which is kind of my next little baby step uh, in the process. And then the rest of them are sort of at various stages of kind of thinking about it. I think the the, the bigger idea from a recurring revenue is teaching people how to manage their professional network. And LinkedIn is great. I'm on LinkedIn every day of my life. But LinkedIn is not really a tool designed to help you manage your professional network. Like I learned things about you. How did we meet? Things that you're interested in. Other stuff that just part of our relationship over time. LinkedIn doesn't capture stuff like that. And and so part of Career Club, One's functionality is providing a place to manage your professional network. But admittedly, not everybody's kind of there. Like, that's an important thing to do. And I'll recognize that. So I think that that's, you know, longer term part of the evangelism is teaching people that you need your network for the rest of your career. You don't just need it for a point in time because, you know, people value folks who stay in touch and continue to add value to them, not to just call when they need a job and they're they're looking for, you know, a recommendation.
0: Right. I mean, the other thing is that whether we're employed or self-employed, developing our personal brand is really critical to being, being able to create opportunities or for opportunities to find us, which is even better,
1: That's really well said for opportunities to find us. And that tends to happen in well-nurtured networks.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because you're top of mind, one. And two is you continue to demonstrate what your value proposition is to people. And then that's kind of preparation meets opportunity kind of a thing. It's like, you know who'd be awesome for this? David. I'm going to call David. David would be phenomenal for this. Because you've, as you said, you've built a brand in my mind. You've reinforced it over time. And, you know, that's opportunities tend to find you that way.
0: Right. Now, for the professional who wants to go from employment to self-employment, how can a tool like this be helpful? Because part of what you're describing is managing your personal network, managing your personal brand, in addition to matching you up with with opportunities as an employee, one of the things that I see happening as a result of the pandemic, and I personally believe is going to accelerate, is the fact that our method of working, let's just say it's been opened up. There, there, pre-pandemic, there was a lot of resistance to flexible working arrangements. For sure. For, from the employer's standpoint. And so many employers have experienced with their employees all of a sudden working remotely and working in much more flexible work arrangements, they've still been able to produce what they need to produce in order to function in business. So I think the bar has changed for what works in terms of flexibility between employee and employer. I also think that's going to translate into more fluid arrangements between the structure, whether it becomes a W-2 relationship or a 1099, 1099, or frankly, if um, a professional wants to create a business entity for the relationship with the employer, I suspect that we may see more of this happening. And I'm wondering how the tool that you're building might play a role in this trend.
1: Yeah. So, so I see a few things. I mean, one is there was an article in the Wall Street Journal last week that was talking about voluntary turnover. is 2X of what it was during the pandemic and even the years preceding it. Uh, It's the highest level that it's been since the year 2000, right? So people are starting to kind of see the exit ramp from the pandemic and like, okay, I needed a job while I needed a job. I'm, I'm open to new things right now. So one is just the idea of like, I have choices now, where maybe a year ago I didn't feel like I had choices. Second is the piece that you were just talking about, David, in terms of companies being more location agnostic, right? Like We've clearly proven that if you can get the work done, it kind of doesn't matter where you are, right? Um, I do think that that sometimes comes at some, you know, uh, culture costs right a little bit like we need to be together humans are social creatures but from the tools perspective maybe a couple things one is what you you kind of alluded to which is the ability to manage my network much more proactively right and manage my network i don't want to say this in a crass way but like a prospect base right like hey david's somebody that i want to touch base with quarterly i want to be able to capture my notes with david and in my next activities and files we might have exchanged all that kind of lives in one instance the other piece that's cool about the tool as i think about your question is you can also see what kinds of companies are getting funding and that's a very strong indication to trends and you know where the capital markets see the opportunities and so say for example You know, you see a bunch of companies that are getting funding around career opportunities that might tell you that capital markets think that that's an area that's ripe for innovation. And if you've got expertise in the kinds of things that the venture capital and private equity markets are rewarding with their money, you know, and then figure out how your experience can tie into that. I think that that's probably a really smart idea.
0: Yeah, it's another great use of this. Bob, we have certainly covered a lot of territory in terms of what you've done based on your own career experience, how you have started to build out a platform that can be super helpful for employees as well as employers and perhaps those that are self-employed. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today or learn more about the resources that you have, where would be the best place for them to go?
1: Yeah, so the website is career.club. Um, so that's one. You're obviously welcome to go to the website. Uh, I would be very happy to you know, take a call with anyone. If my email is uh, simply bob at career.club. Um, those would be probably the two primary ways.
0: Sounds great. Well, Bob, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest today has been the founder of Career Club, Bob Goodwin. Thank you again, Bob, for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, David, for having
0: me. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how to turn your experience into a business and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.